You're listening to Father Kirby Longo's Homilies, powered by Mountain Catholic. Father Kirby is a priest of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Helena and pastor of Christ the King University Parish in Missoula, Montana. Let's talk about the famous widow's mite. And what is it? Don't ask that as a rhetorical question. It's obviously a couple of cents. But we have this very literal idea of what sort of spiritual principle is that's at work here. This fantasy of just giving everything to the Lord, abandoning our whole lives, fully, our full material lives over to the Lord, leaving everything, following him in some complete abandonment to divine providence. And then we just, of course, don't do that. And then we stop thinking about the widow's might, and that's the end of our reflection on this passage. But is that because we're weak, that we're just like, ah, I can't make the move? Or is it because we're realistic? And I think we misunderstand the spiritual principle at work here, what the Lord's trying to tell us, which both keeps us from actually abandoning ourselves to the Lord, and also gives us this weird sense of guilt surrounding the whole thing. When I was discerning priesthood, when I started to take that more and more seriously, I felt called very intensely, or pulled, not called, pulled toward this Carmelite monastery in Wyoming. And partly because, you know, it's a beautiful community founded by a Carroll College grad, which I was pumped about. They're right at the foot of the Beartooth, an amazing area. They're new and they're, and they're rigorous and they're pretty hardcore in their prayer and their penance and their fasting. And they're building a monastery that's like unrivaled by anything since the Middle Ages. It's, it's an amazing place, you know, if you've ever bought Mystic Monk Coffee. That's, they're the monks who make the Mystic Monk Coffee. My draw to the monastic life was, was simple. It was because I could give everything away. I would just sort of give away the world and follow the Lord in a very concrete and simple way. It was the desire of the widow's might to completely abandon myself to the Lord. But as I discern this, I, the Lord revealed the flaw in my thinking, and that was that I didn't want to become a monk because I felt called to be a monk to, to the monastic life, which is a very particular call. I wanted to be a monk because I didn't want to deal with how complicated the world is. I just wanted to get away from it, not deal with the difficulty of navigating material things. I had this sort of Gnostic tendency that, like, Everything in the world is bad, and if anything there is bringing me any joy, then there's something wrong with that. And so I need to get away from it all and leave it all behind. The fact is we live in a complicated time. The median income in Missoula is $57,000, which is slightly less than, I think the national average is 65 or something like that. But in general, Americans make more money as a whole than anyone else in the history of the world. And yet, somehow... It seems like most of the people I meet are on the edge. You know, no, there's not a lot of sort of comfortably, you know, peaceful people when it comes to the situation monetarily. And that's kind of it's kind of crazy to think about when. But the but life costs more than ever. You know, having a family is not cheap. You know, it, most of us have student debt. You have your children's school, if, if you choose to send them to a private school to pay for that, or saving up for college, which is an infinite amount of money, it seems like. Your home, your vehicle, 
Your phone, your internet, food, insurance, retirement, pets, RVs, and boats, and ATVs, and bikes, and family vacations, and visiting family across the country, all those different things, pretty quickly that 57,000 plus 10% on average, Americans spend 10% more than we make, uh, disappears in an instant. You know, it's gone. There it goes. And, and if you get a 5% raise, then within a year, statistically, you're back in the same place, spending 10% more than you now make. Uh, I'm sure most of you have had the experience of visiting, well, maybe not, but at least you've seen a country that is sort of universally poor. And, you know, in, in the sense that, like, you don't have the rich and the poor mingling together as you would in a place like the United States, where you just go to a place and everyone is living in somewhat of a state of poverty. You visit and you speak to them and you're with them for a period of time and you realize that they're just as genuinely happy and at peace and perhaps more so than the general neighborhood in the United States. And you think to yourself, as I thought so often, we, we go through the trouble of doing all these things, this incredibly incredible amount of effort that it takes to create a place like the United States, and what exactly have we accomplished with it? We, it doesn't seem like we've achieved any higher level of happiness with this incredible wealth that we've accrued. So what's, what's going on here? What does, is it worth it? Um, but then also you say, well, the answer is obviously not just sort of like ridding ourselves of all of this technology and going back to being poor. That's not going to solve the problem. That's obviously not the problem. But it's obviously not the solution when you look around. So in the end, the widow's might, actually giving ourselves over to the Lord and his providence, is complicated. It's just not easy. There's no clear and easy answer. You can't just leave and be a monk. That's not the solution. You can't just give away everything, all of your riches, and go back to being living in a sort of pre-modern time, that's not the solution. So then what exactly do we do? Well, in the end, it takes a tremendous amount of discernment and vigilance over our daily life. We actually just have to figure out where we're at. You know, the, the sort of scale of, I'm mean, going to get into some math here, um, the scale of worldly comfort and stability and peace is like a, if you remember what an asymptote is, it's the vertical line on an XY graph where the curve curves up and it starts to approach it, but it never reaches the straight line. So it always gets closer and closer and closer, but never reaches it into infinity. Uh, when, we, when we strive to make our sort of worldly goods and comfort the center of our lives, it's like a curve on that line. We can get pretty close pretty quickly, but then the more effort and time we put into it, it we, we expend more to get less close to the line as the curve stretches toward infinity. And it's a vicious cycle because you reach a certain place that is in many ways essential to reach that sort of place of stability, and then the more effort, the less you get out of that effort. And in the end, we will never achieve peace and stability and comfort and happiness by means of our worldly goods. That's the lesson. 
I've talked to people who make $200 million a year. They're maybe a little closer to the line, but they're not there. No one's there. Only God can give us that peace. And that actually requires giving ourselves over to divine providence. But what does that mean if we can't give everything? What does it mean for those of us who are kind of in the world and not of the world? I think we actually need to take a full inventory of our lives to figure out where we're at. An actual inventory of what that means for us. What bears fruit in my life? What is just a sort of baggage that's that's hindering more, me more than helping me in my spiritual life? Where does every dollar that passes through my hands go? Am I intentional about everything that I do? Or is most of my life just habitual? Do I have 18 TV and app subscriptions that I've forgotten about that keep charging my card every single month? I'd take a look at your bill. You know, John Chrysostom gives us this beautiful standard. He says this, if you have two coats, one of them belongs to the poor. So if you're going to keep both, you have to have a reason. And so if we look at our life in that way, what is that, that going to mean for us? Ever since the time of Cain and Abel, there's this, been this beautiful standard. And from, from it we get the word tithe. It means tenth. That from the history of the world, the Lord has asked for a tenth. Now, this isn't a stewardship homily. I'm not saying give a tenth of your money or whatever to the church. I'll give a stewardship homily someday, but this isn't it. This is much more fundamental to that, to our lives. What exactly are we striving for here? Maybe begin by striving for, as you look at everything in your life, cutting out a tenth. My buddies and I call this the purge. Uh, It was a kind of tradition in the seminary. You get someone you trust, and you go through all of your stuff, one by one, everything, and you don't hide anything. And you say, here's this thing, here's this pair of shoes. This is why I have this pair of shoes. And they say, is that a good enough reason to have that pair of shoes? And you say, probably not. i got five other pairs of shoes. Uh, But maybe it's a legitimate reason, and you keep the pair of shoes. And then you go through your whole budget, all of your consistent purchases, why do, I, why do I keep paying for this thing? Why do I keep buying this thing? Why am I subscribed to this? And is there a good enough reason for that? And why, where's the widow's might in all of this? You might say, Father Kirby, this sounds more like a Dave Ramsey book. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds like you're just giving us financial advice. But what we find out when we do an actual examination like that is that if we're living honestly and with accountability in everything that we do, we realize just how much we depend on the world for our happiness, just how peripheral God is to our actual day-to-day life. It's as though we're sort of striving on that curve to get as close as we can to some sort of happiness, and and then we just ask God to fill in that last little gap. All right, Lord, I did my best. Now can you sort of finish the job that I couldn't do on my own? And that's just a terrible approach to the spiritual life. We just end up exhausting ourselves for nothing. And so when we examine everything and and we go back to the foundations, then then we can move forward saying, all right, Lord, I'm going to keep just enough. And then I'm actually going to entrust myself to you and trust that you're going to bring the rest for me. The widow literally entrusted everything. I mean, she gave away her last two coins. 
Obviously, when we have responsibilities in the world, there's a prudence that needs to be there. But are we entrusting anything to the Lord? Or are we just entrusting what we couldn't manage to do on our own? Are we volunteering any of our freedom to the Lord? I think if we try, even just try for that cutting out 10%, uh, then we'll find, we'll begin that true and real adventure of abandoning ourselves to divine providence.